Welcome to the Rookie of the Year podcast, where you will get tips and tricks from previous Rookie of the Year agents around the country. And now, your hosts, Will Holdren and Gusty Goulas. How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren, and I am the host of the Rookie of the Year podcast. And today, I'm with my co-host, Gusty Goulas. Gusty, say hi to everyone. Hello. Awesome. And today, we have a very special guest, and her name is Kim Hallmark. And Kim is actually a real estate agent that is based on Alabama. She was with Remax, and she was actually Realtor of the Year for her association twice. And she is currently the State Realtor of the Year for Alabama. So it's an absolute honor to have her on here today. So Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Will. I appreciate it. Thank you, Gusty. No, thank you. Of course, we appreciate it. And so kind of just to get things kicked off, kind of talk to us a little bit about your past and kind of how you got started in real estate in the first place. Uh, well, it's kind of, it, well, I uh, went to college, University of Alabama, got the, you know, your old Todd. That's right. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, went to the University of Alabama and uh, did the four-year, you know, marketing and business, you know, to well, communications and marketing and business degree and ended up in Birmingham working at an ad agency. Um, my degree got me a receptionist job uh, right out of college at the ad agency and my dad um, suggested that I get my real estate. I was the first person in my family to get a college degree, but um, I finished in the summer and started at that agency that fall. And dad was like, you know, and during the course of that summer and everything, me finishing up, he was like, you need to get your real estate license. You may need something to fall back on. And uh, <laughs> not that four year degree he just paid for, you know, wasn't going to be enough. But, um, so I did. I was in Birmingham. I went to UAB at night and took all the pre-licensed stuff. And Gusty, you're in Birmingham now. And I have been meaning to look up the, the, the instructor at the time, I think was more of a commercial, you know, active agent, but he was, he was teaching the class. His name was Thad Messer. Hmm, and like sure. now some 30 something years later, I really wonder whatever happened to him. He was, I thought he was a great instructor. I really yeah. I, I did well, but anyway, I did the class. Uh, sat in the room of, you know, hundreds of people with our number two pencils and took our uh, exams. I'm telling how old I am. And uh, so that was in, let's see, I finished Alabama in 84 and I either that fall. Yeah, I guess it was that fall or the following, but now I'm losing my time track here. But anyway, within the year I was licensed and sat on my license for 10 years, uh, lived in Birmingham, um, just never could really figure out how to, you know, break it. I mean, couldn't, I didn't know how to live on ramen noodles, I guess. So I couldn't figure out how to do it right off the to bat, you know, the bat and the start with, but, um, moved, married, moved. And when we got to Decatur, I had decided it was time to put them to use or let them go. I had been doing all of the CE and back then you had, and I think it's changed that back then you had to do the CE even just to keep them inactive. I think that changed through the years. And now you just have to do the CE. If you're going to activate, you have to do the CE for that period to get caught up. So I was fairly educated, inactive, you know, licensee, because I was doing all that, but decided it was time to put them to use. And um, there was a boutique agency here in town called Fowler, Harris and Glover, the realtor that my husband and I were working with worked there. She was actually needing an assistant and I tried to get her to hire me. And she said, no, because you'll figure out in six months, you know, or less that, you know, you've been doing this on your own. 
and she assisted in getting me hired on there because they had net they were they were kind of remax before remax was remax or, or well that's not true but they were just really very seasoned agents and so she uh convinced them that i was not a rookie from when it came to sales i just had not actually used my license and um so that would have been in 90 four or five. So anyway, like I said, 10 years after I had gotten licensed and I spent about six months there and um, three of us transitioned over to the Remax agency at that time. Uh, again, some 27 years ago now. And the rest is history. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. And so actually, I find it super interesting that you, you held on to your license for 10 years without doing anything with it because I know that the brokerage fees are a lot and to be paying all those like the 10 years. I, well, so. I was not paying any. I mean, I had no fees. I had nothing. No, I, I, I mean, I wasn't even having, I may have had to pay a little something every couple of years to just keep that inactive license going, you know, on hold with the state. Um, but I had, there was one time in there that I activated. I had a friend's dad had an agency in town and he kind of hung my license for a year or so. Anyway, it just, like I said, but looking back at it now, I mean, I could kick myself, you know, a million times over. I could kick myself, you know, but uh, everything happens for a reason, I guess. I have a, um, when I graduated high school in 80, Hurricane Frederick had come through that fall 79 through the Gulf Shores area and blown everything away. And I had an aunt down there in real estate. And over the next few years, when that was all building and blowing and going, about the time I was getting my license, she begged me to move on down there and just, you know, right out of college and live with her and my uncle and sell real estate. And she was my party fun aunt and mom was having nothing of me moving down to live with my aunt. So that didn't happen. But I've always said I would have been sipping pina coladas, you know, years ago had I been in uh, Gulf Shores in the mid 80s, but with a real right. estate license. But. Right, right. And so after that 10 year gap, you decided to go full time into real estate. So what was that transition like for you? Because obviously you're going from a corporate job, getting a paycheck to obviously becoming more of an entrepreneur. So how was that switch to you? And were you kind of scared at all making that full time switch? I was petrified. I was newly married, um, renting a little house in town. You know, I mean, I was fortunate that, of course, my you know husband, we had, you know, had another income coming in at the same time. But I... Um, and I had the, I had worked with, um, when we moved here, I had gone to work with um, a radio station. I'd been in radio advertising sales, still using my advertising background. Had been doing that for a couple of years when we first got here. And I got up every morning and drove to um, Athens and Huntsville, which is the next little towns over. And I worked, my work life was spent in those markets. I'd slept in Decatur, but I didn't know my way around, you know, residential neighborhoods and stuff. I had no idea. Um, so it was very scary. Um, but the lady, the, the agent who, you know, got me hired on, uh, and then the ladies, the three ladies that were the partner owners of that firm, Marianne, the one who got me hired on, she was like, okay, you'd be ready to sink or swim because they, there is no training program here. You know, everybody comes in ready to go. And, uh, so a little bit, that was true, but I have to admit they were so generous and so, um, supportive of, dragging me with them on every meeting, letting me see, you know, how it happened out in the field, uh, everything from, you know, measuring houses to signing contracts, you know, they were uh, allowing me to shadow and, and be, you know, very involved. And so I, I got a real good crash course, you know, um, of, again, kind of what it felt like to be out and 
again, talking to people and the sales part of it comes somewhat natural to me, but you know, the details I had to learn, uh, but they were very, very supportive. And I had, you know, two or three deals that just happened right off the bat. So I looked like this real, I guess a potential flash in the pan. I'm glad it panned out, all panned out in the long term, but I uh, had these, you know, deals just right off the bat, which caught the attention of the guy with the Remax office. And at that time, this little boutique office had um, kind of a real niche market in the southeastern part of town, which was the, kind of the older, original, established part of town. Any growth had happened, had gone out southwest. Remax had come along and made a real name for themselves out in southwest. Well, nobody called or walked into my company looking for a realtor. Those women and those people had been around long enough that when you, if you walked in or you called, you were calling a specific one. So as a rookie, it was a little tough. Um, and I lived in the neighborhood with three of them. I, I said I couldn't throw out and, you know, couldn't walk out and throw a rock without hitting three of their houses. So I felt really intimidated about going out and knocking on doors in their neighborhood. And if I went to Southwest Decatur to try and venture into new territory, nobody really, I said, I'm Kim Hallmark with Fowler, Harris and Glover. Nobody really knew that company name so much. So anyway, when the Remax opportunity came along, I grabbed it. And as I said, three of us kind of did it at the same time. But um, it was because I needed to be able, nobody knew Kim Hallmark yet. And I needed to be able to walk in and go, I'm with Remax. By the way, I'm Kim Hallmark, you know. And so that branding for me, you know, that that was really super important and gave me a real uh, foot in the door, gave me a, a confidence, you know, of, that I was tied to a really successful uh, office, a really successful business. So that was that was really key. And then, of course, all of the training and the, you know, the, uh, the doors opened up, you know, to so much. Yeah. So with... You know, you said you, you you started out pretty strong um, as a as a brand new agent. So let's talk about like what you would recommend for a first year agent to really try to grow their business. And I tell this to people now and they look at me like my head's you know spinning. But um, you, you've got to focus on the dollar productive stuff. You got to figure out, I don't, you know, it's going to cost you a little bit, but find ways you know, to do it affordably, find ways to make it happen, but you've got to find other people to handle the, um, the grunt work, you know, the, the back office stuff, the just data entry stuff, you know, you need to be, if you're on the MLS, you need to be studying it from a market standpoint. You need to be studying it, learning what's going on and familiarizing yourself. You know, you don't need to be the one putting in how many bedrooms and bathrooms are in the property. Um, so I would say hire, you know, an assistant, hire, hire someone, transaction coordinators, you know, people to help you with um, the very time consuming parts. And so that you can focus and, and stay focused on the dollar productive efforts. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you also said you had two quick sales when you first started going full time. in three. Research. Yeah, three, which is pretty amazing. It's like you were talking about. And so today, obviously, it's a very different market, very competitive market, it's definitely a seller's market. So you know, for a new realtor coming into a market like this, like what would you recommend for them 
to start doing and kind of generate leads more consistently. In- well, I've jumped on the team bandwagon and I just added a, a, a guy who is brand new last summer. He's been with me now since last summer, but he was, he's from here and knows a lot of people and all that. And so I had to say to him, the thing that everybody has said to me from day one, you know, do not speak to anyone without telling them what you do, you know, do not, um, you know, don't pass go, don't collect $200 without telling them, you know, that you are a real estate agent. Um, make that list, you know, get that spreadsheet going, whatever of everybody, you know, and everybody you meet throughout the course of the day, be adding them into it, you know, your phone, whatever you're using, but, um, just make sure you're developing that database and, and working that database. Um, it's, it's a lot right now for me is with where he's concerned. It's a lot of do, do as I say, not as I do because I made all the mistakes through the years. I um, made some comment when Will and I were getting acquainted before the show started that um, uh, he's the rookie of the year, you know, is the the title, I guess, of the podcast and and kind of his uh, emphasis. And I was certainly no rookie of the year. I had a real, you know, like I said, a really great uh, start. I went through a real lull. I, I spent a lot of years chasing that peaks and valleys of the consistency of the business, you know, was hard. Um, I've been saying lately that I spent the, cause I'm in, like I said, almost 30 years now that I, the first 10 years from the, you know, mid nineties to 2005, six, you know, along in there, those were my uh, striving years. I was, you know, striving to, you know, make it and striving to create this business. And then of course, everything just went south and was really a big, you know, was a struggle and a, and a little difficult for the next say 10 years. So those were my uh, surviving years. And I am um, loving the current market. It's crazy. And it's, it's got me chasing my tail and got my head spinning a little bit, but I am uh, hoping I'm looking forward to my thriving years. And I, you know, I feel like I've, you know, I've been around long enough that, you know, I certainly have the name recognition and, um, you know, I'm having all that fun stuff of most of my businesses coming to me by referrals these days. I've done my first, second generation home buyer, you know, and the, when mom and dad, I sold them their house, the baby was two years old in their arms. And now we've sold her, you know, a house for her and her it's husband and baby. And, huh, it's a great, it's, yeah. it's, you know, we, every once in a while, we really do get to do the deals that are why we're here. We have to fight through some that aren't so much fun sometimes, but, um, Every once in a while, we really do get to do the ones that make us remember, you know, why we're doing this. Um, What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned while being in the real estate business? I'd like to think I'd like to. I'm still a student of people. Um. I'm a bit of a control freak and I like to keep things moving in a sort, you know, I mean, and, and I get thrown a curveball and I, I guess I've, um, just the ability to adapt and think on my feet. And, um, and of course the experiences through the years have given me things to draw on, you know? Um, but I, I, I would wish that I, I would love to become even a better student of just people and personalities. You know, I, um, I've taken all, you know, I do all those personality tests and, 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 uh, sit through all those things in seminars. And for some reason it doesn't, uh, I never have been able to commit 
to really holding on to that. But when you meet people, I mean, if you can, if that's a skill set that you could develop and really draw out and recognize who it is you're dealing with. Um, I mean, I see people who are much better at that than I am. And that's something I would like to continue you know, sharpening that skill because there are often times that, you know, the same solution doesn't work, you know, or the same answer doesn't work for everybody. So. Gotcha. And I love that you brought up the fact that you got to be able to adapt and, you know, for someone with your longevity in the real estate uh, world, obviously you've been in for over 20 years. I mean, you've gone through the 2008 crisis. You had to adapt and kind of learn how to work through that. And now obviously we had COVID you had to go through again. And now we've got different stuff going on, which is super crucial and super important as well to kind of realize how to go through those kind of things. So, I mean, in your opinion, where do you kind of see the market going in like the next couple of years, like the whole COVID thing we just went out of with the whole war in Ukraine? Do you see that impacting anything? Obviously, I think the Fed just increased their rates today a little bit. So like as a new agent, like like what should they be preparing, preparing for for a new market? How should they adapt to kind of go through those new situations? Well, you know, on a very basic level, save every penny. You can figure out how to, you know, save and be prepared. Be smart if you're if you're lucky enough and good enough to, you know, um, make some money, be smart with it. Um, you know, I am in an area in North Alabama that is booming in a way that it's hard to see that. I'm not sure what it's going to take to really change the trajectory of that. So I feel really, really lucky and blessed to be where I am. We've got people and Gusty, I'm sure Birmingham's getting the same thing. I mean, we've got people from all over the country, you know, busting our doors down to get to Alabama, you know, that all of a sudden Alabama in the Southeast is a pretty sweet place to live and raise your family. People have realized. And in North Alabama, we just have so much going on around this whole uh, Huntsville sector from, you know, government and military and NASA and you name it. Um, and no matter what's going on in the world, those are the people that are going to be keeping, you know, helping keep us safe and helping keep our world going. And, you know, the FBI has just moved a huge, you know, and you know, still in the process of moving a huge outfit here. So anyway, I feel a little, I want to say insulated in a way from any huge changes. I know that uh, it's hard to predict, you know, how, well, we can't build our way out. I mean, most markets are in the same situation. Yeah, you know, we've all of a sudden started building on every piece of dirt we can find. Um, my little market specifically, Morgan County, is you got the river, you've got county line. I mean, we're a little bit landlocked and we don't have a lot of other land to go out and build on. Some of our counties around us were still very highly um, farm farming communities and they've still got a lot of pastures and uh, cotton fields that they can start planting houses on and Athens and Limestone County, you know, for example, doing that. But we're going to have a really hard time building our way out of an inventory, you know, situation um, fast enough, you know, for for it to all of a sudden get to a point where we're saturated and prices start, you know, plummeting the other way. I just I just think I don't see that coming. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, so if I answered your question, but I, like I said, I feel like we've got yeah, no, I think that's a right. me in every once in a while. I'll get off on a tangent, but yeah, and and for those that um, you know that that are not that familiar with Alabama, Huntsville just surpassed the city of Birmingham where I'm at uh, in terms of uh, population, and there is a lot of growth going on in Huntsville, in which 
you're very close to Huntsville. So there's a lot of growth in Decatur and all around everything. So you're really in a good spot. Yeah, we are. Uh, Decatur is like, I don't know, 50 to 60,000 people, uh, 100 to 110 or 20,000 in our county. And we're bordering right on Huntsville within 20 to 30 minutes. You know, I can be pretty much anywhere in Huntsville. And so there are an awful lot of people who um, will work in Huntsville and live here in Decatur. Um, we've got the Muscle Shoals area to our west. And anyway, we're just we're positioned. We're, we're, we're pretty sweet. And for someone who um, prefers a little we're a smaller town, we're a little slower, you know, pace than some of the surrounding you know, Huntsville and some of the bigger areas. And so there are certainly people who still, you know, um, like the idea of raising their family in a little bit of a smaller town and uh, we're right on the interstate we've got you know beautiful river and we, we like i say people are discovering that this part of north alabama is um very attractive yeah absolutely well one of the things i think um you know people th there are a lot of realtors in the market there's not as many uh listings or whatnot so you know, one of the things that we, we talk about is like, how, what are you doing to set yourself apart? Like, what is, why would somebody use you over somebody else? So do you have kind of a, a conversation piece or a script that you utilize that's like, hey, this is my value proposition? Gusty, I wish I did. You're exposing my flaws. As, uh -oh. as I was saying a while ago, there's an awful lot of do as I uh, say and not as I do going on with me and Bill, the, the new guy that's with me, because I and that goes back to being in a small town, you know, and and being here for the longevity. Um, you know, when I got here, and I didn't know, and I wasn't from here, you know, I I I had that. I don't know, the, you know, the 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 being from here seemed to be very important years ago and in the beginning, you know, and um and for me, and um, I. I have tried one of the things that I have always done. I'm, I'm, I often thought that I should have gone into commercial instead of residential. I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I have to really dig deep to get my warm and fuzzy side going, you know, when I'm sitting there with somebody and all the sentiment, sentimentality of, you know, their home and where they've raised their babies and all that. And I mean, I get it. It's not that I'm hard to it. It's just that I approach everything from a much more business. This is a product, you know, this is a product on the shelf. This is your car that you need to spit, shine and polish and get it ready to, you know, sell it. Um, and so I have to work on softening my, you know, slowing myself down and realizing that I am talking to somebody in many cases on the listing side about, you know, selling their home. And, but I also, try to make them understand that, you know, I'm very aware and keen to the emotion of what's going on with this, but that's where I come. That's where they need, that's why they need me. Um, and I haven't really had that specific conversation with anybody lately. I probably need to, because I would say right now, more so than ever, they need somebody focused from the minute the sign goes in the yard to the details and the, um, um, just the, the, the meat of, you know, getting, you know, like I said, and keeping sentiment out of it in some ways, you know, to make sure that we get through these 15 offers and, you know, we're reviewing it. Anyway, I, I think that, 
I try to use that personality. Sometimes it comes up as a character flaw or personality flaw. I try to twist it every chance I can, you know, to the fact that they need me. They, I wouldn't call myself a bulldog, but I mean, they need me. They need someone focused. You know, you can be sentimental, but you need somebody focused on the business. Gotcha. I think those are all really great points. And you really made it clear that, you know, you have kind of more expertise that you kind of can lead off of, which makes you better than most agents in the market. And you obviously understand the, the whole process better than most agents, which is super important. And so that kind of brings me to my next fact of that, you know, most failures, literally 85 to 90% of failure, uh, realtors fail within the first five years. And so I'm kind of curious, like, why do you think that that stat is so high? And uh, like, why is that so? Because obviously, you know, you made it out of the first five years. So why do you think that stat is so high? Do you know the, the name when I say Quintavious Burdett? Do y'all know Quintavious? Uh, and if you haven't yet, Will, uh, Gusty, you need to hook him up, you know. Um, he's a remaxer, but well, but the, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that we all have a, we need to get out of our own way. Um, I think there are so many agents who have that fear of, you know, knocking on a door, picking up the phone, you know, just bringing it up in a conversation, you know, that they are a real estate agent. And um, so I think that they get in their own way. I think their own hesitation and fear because, you know, if you look at, you know, and again, I'm not always good at numbers and stats, but the, the, the gist is, you know, 95 or so percent of the uh, transactions that happen in this country happen with a realtor. You know, people are so scared of a sale by owners. Well, they're only five or seven percent of the market anyway. So either just don't worry about them or use that to go tell them that they need you, you know. Um, people won't, like I said, they won't knock on doors. They won't pick up that phone and just call to have a conversation. You know, it doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be. You know, you literally can just be like, you just passed my mind. You know, I just was driving down the door now with our cell phones. I mean, you literally could be like, you know, I just passed by your neighborhood and hadn't talked to you in a while. You know, just anything just to get them in conversation. Uh, it's relationships. You know, that's the cliche thing that we kind of all say, but it is so true. It is the relationships. Um, it is trying to make sure that you that you don't forget that and that you capitalize on that, you know, make make, make your business, make that a real important part of your business. Gotcha. No, yeah, 100%. I think that is right on the money too. And I'm, I'm one of those new realtors too that's got his license for five months. And I agree with you, like it, to don't go, go out there and knock on a door right now, like I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing it just because mainly like I don't have the expertise. So I feel like I don't have the expertise. And at the same time, it's like, I don't want to do too much analysis paralysis and then I'm never going to be ready to go knock on the door. So it's kind of yeah, like a, a situation, yeah. but- just like, you know, go ahead. Well, no, I just, and I feel like, you know, in my case, I tied myself with a very successful brand, you know, early on. And anybody that's done that, whether it's a small boutique office, I mean, you, there's something that, you know, you're, you're the best at, your office is the best at, you know. And when you go in and you feel anything, um, you know, that's um, diminishing your, you know, anything of less of a confidence in yourself, sell your company, you know, sell the fact that, you know, you were smart enough to tie yourself to, you know, an organization that gives you the uh, expertise right at your fingertips. You know, when they, when they hire you, they're hiring, you know, a whole group, you know, you just may be the one knocking on the door, but you've got a whole team behind you 
that will, you know, and all of that expertise is at their disposal. Right. And now that, that's another great point. I think real estate is really heading toward that whole team building part of it as well. And, you know, working with a team and it obviously makes things easier. It's easier to learn, easier to get leads, easier to kind of go through the whole transaction. And, you know, that's kind of where my I, issue is with, go ahead. I, I do, I mean, obviously the, fact that I've done this now with bringing this guy in. Um, yes, I've got more just organic, just leads coming to me from referrals and everything, maybe, you know, than ever before, just the speed of the business is making that happen. So I'm able, you know, to make sure that, you know, we're, I'm passing things on and making things available for him, but that cannot stop you from generating your own. It is, I know they say that's what people come to a team for, but I don't see that as my responsibility you know, you should be working as hard for your leads as I had to work for mine. And um, the fact that you choose whatever organization or whatever, you know, you should be able to uh, use that and you should be able to garner, you know, um, some exposure because of that and some confidence or whatever. But just because I'm going to have some on, and there is no one will ever convince me that an online lead is as valuable as a lead that's been generated through, you know, a referral or a personality or whatever, you, you are way down the totem pole on that online lead ever getting them, you know, to that conversion point. Um, you know, you start out with a relationship that either you have developed or, you know, it comes to you from a suggestion from a friend or, you know, a friend tagged you in on Facebook on some conversation, you know, I mean, you've got, one or both feet in the door already when that happens and you know they wouldn't have referred you or tagged you if they didn't believe you were worthy of being part of the conversation so that just right, like yeah. I, said, I, I think the people who join a team i mean i'm not saying don't take the leads if they come to you but you right. need to come into it knowing that you got to bring and pull your own weight you know right yeah and that's so important for the learning curve as well and just like you're talking like that's how you build out those referrals over time from people friends of family that you know and getting them off the bat kind of thing. And, and I will say, I mean, I said, I get sweaty palms walking up to somebody's door still. I mean, you know, and I, and I don't do it as often as, you know, as I'm telling Bill he should, I mean, I get that, you know, but I, um, where was I going with it? Oh, the fact is that if you, if you're in a group or whatever your setting is, if you're in a situation where you've got leads coming to you and you don't really feel that you have to go out, and make those calls or knock on those doors or whatever, you're never going to develop that skill. And you need to develop that skill because when we go into a market that is not the current market, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, we might all, I mean, a, a rookie can probably sit back right now and have stuff fall in their lap. It's probably, right. you know, it's not that tough, but you need to be developing those skills so that when all this low hanging fruit's gone. Right. That's when the reels separate themselves from the other ones. The other agents. And I was recently, you know, at an R4 thing and I won't be able to, I don't remember exactly how he said it. I need to rewatch it, but Brian Buffini, which is another name I'm sure some of y'all are familiar with his, he was talking about where we've been and where we are and where we're going. And his point was basically, you know, there've been a lot of realtors around now there's more than ever and all that, but where we're going, is going to call for the professionals. Hundred percent. He yeah. has a whole thing around that that makes better point or makes makes that point better. But that's he's right. You know, the more technology, the more just the more everything changes, 
and the savvier and the smarter as is through my years, you know, buyers and sellers have become increasingly, you know, savvy. Um, and the more that happens, the more the realtor is going to have to be, um, you know, the professional in the room. Right. No, that's, that's good uh, food for thought right there. And um, before we run out of time, I just have one more question for you. So kind of like, you know, obviously you've been in the industry a long time. Um, obviously, if you could go back again and restart your career, what is something that you would do differently? Start knocking on doors. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I would. I would just get out of my own way. I would get over it. I would, um, it, you know, if I, I would, well, I'd hire that assistant from the get-go. I don't know if it would be my grandmother or my aunt or my niece or who, but somebody would be making a dollar off doing some data entry and stuff for me um, so that I could be out putting my face in front of people. Um, I would, I would just, I would put myself out there more. Um, I, and you, you, we didn't really talk about this and that's fine. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but the realtor of the year thing, excuse me, I did see incredible value in getting early on, getting involved with my association and volunteering and, and at local and the state level. It gave me, um, well, I mean, it gave me knowledge you can never get in the classroom. You know, I mean, it gave, it gave me so much and it gave me those relationships and it gave me referral partners. It, it gave me so very much. And so I would say, if you're not actively involved, um, you know, you are who, you know, you put yourself around, you know, you, the whole thing is to put yourself, surround yourself with people, the successful people you want to be like. Um, and you'll find that in most cases, you know, in your local associations. And I did that early on. And um, so I'm very, like I said, I, I'm very proud of kind of how that helped me grow things through the years um so that i'm you know i'm here now i'm still here <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a i'm not that statistic of the you know five year outright whatever so love it well we appreciate you having on having you uh on here today and um you dropped a lot of really good gold nuggets and that's all the questions i have gussie do you have any more questions for anything all good i'm good my man awesome well again we appreciate it and before we let you go is there anything else you would like to say and if people want to reach out to you how can they find you Ah, well, um, Facebook, Instagram, I do, do a little, I'm, well, I'm pretty, I'm one of the, you know, again, older, so I'm more heavily into the Facebook thing. I'm, I swear TikTok's my next, you know, I'm, I will conquer TikTok before too long. Um, but Kim, Kim at KimHallmark.com is my email address. And um, Kim, just Kim Hallmark Remax is my Instagram. And I am, again, in beautiful North Alabama. And um Happy. If anybody's got any questions or needs a referral partner, I'm here. Awesome. All right, guys, there you have it. Kim Hallmark, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the Rookie of the Year podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? If so, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and let us know your biggest takeaway.